Steve Smith in the studio. This ain't a basketball school. He can kiss my ass. What's up, college football fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. We are here to talk college football again. And by we, I mean AJ and my brother Tyler. My brother Tyler, what is going on, man? New week. Got uh, some more ball to talk about, including the first uh, college football playoff ranking of the season. We'll get into that. But uh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling this week? It's here, man. The first half of the season is a buildup to this point. You're building your resume to try to sneak into that college football playoff rankings. And then from here on out, it's all about jockeying for position and trying to make your way into that top four spot. So uh, the stakes are have never been higher, and football is just going to get better and better because it means a whole lot more now. For sure. We'll get into that. We'll also do a quick recap of last week's games, week nine action. Had some upsets, had some top 10 teams go down again. So we'll get into that. We'll touch on the new top 25 in college football this week and give our opinions on what this uh, new committee did. So we'll get into that. But um, before we do it, as always, just a reminder, share the podcast with somebody, help us grow, give it some love, give it a, a rating on your podcast platform. And make sure that you're following us on social media at Saturday Six Pod. We appreciate you guys for listening. If you do it, obviously you do it because you're listening. But uh, we appreciate that always. So uh, thanks for tuning in every week. All right, so. Quickly, let's do uh, let's do a little roundtable, a little recap of Week Nine. We picked six games against the spread. Did pretty good. I went five and one. I uh, I lost my homer pick, my non-homer pick. Actually, the only one I was on the wrong side of was our dogs covering fourteen and a half. So uh, I I can't be too mad at that. They uh, obviously put a whooping on them lousy stinking Gators. But uh, other than that, did pretty well. You went three and three. We're both still above 500 on the season. So uh, definitely start following some of these picks if you got some money to spare. So week nine, you got to start with the obvious, right? The biggest upset, Oklahoma goes to Kansas and loses. This is a number Mm. six team in the country. And with a backup quarterback, this Kansas team gets it done 38 to 33. They... uh, I don't know, like, where do you start? Like, Kansas is a good team. You know, like, this isn't the Kansas of five to ten years ago where they were just a bottom dweller in Power 5 competition. This is actually a good team in the Big 12. But uh, this was not one that many people had Oklahoma losing. I thought Kansas would cover, and they did more than that. They won by by five points. So what would you think, Sooners and Jayhawks? Interesting. Yeah, I think Oklahoma had a really bad day. I mean, talk about Dylan Gabriel didn't even – score a touchdown for Oklahoma. It's tough to do. Um, and then it's – I hate to say it, but this is kind of like Kansas's Super Bowl a little bit here. Obviously, they're going to be bowl eligible at the end of the year, but, you know, you got a highly ranked team like Oklahoma coming into your stadium 
you kind of want to put on a show for the home crowd. It's just what they did. And, you know, all credit to them. They came out with the win. But I think this was a very down week for Oklahoma. Not the Oklahoma that we saw against Texas. Yeah, it was weird. Like, if you watch the game, like, the final result obviously looks looks like what it does. But if you watch the game, like, Kansas really didn't look uber impressive getting this win. You know, like, the the quarterback Bean uh, definitely had some throws that he wished he had back. But in the end, they were able to make enough plays. I thought Oklahoma lost this game more than Kansas really impressed in winning this game. But um, still, it's still a tough one for the Sooners as they were sitting undefeated. But uh, still got a big game down the road, Oklahoma State. Texas probably again in the Big 12 championship. So we'll keep an eye on the Sooners moving forward. We talked about it. Georgia, Florida, man. I was down in Jacksonville, and what a beautiful sight when it's halftime and half of the stadium is already empty, man. It was like 40% capacity at halftime on the Florida side for this game. Dogs were in control from the get-go. Obviously, Florida goes right down the field and scores on that opening possession. You know, the Teams kind of script that first drive, maybe the first two, and they were able to hit on a couple of big plays in the passing game early. But other than that, Georgia shut them down. That was all they scored in the first half was that one touchdown, and it was all dogs for the rest of the way. It was a, a fun game to be at if you were a dogs fan. Yeah, the big question going in is what is Georgia going to do without Brock Bowers? And the answer is score 43 points. Um, the answer is big, bad, lad McConkey. Right. I mean – He's back. I think they leaned on the receivers a lot. Carson Beck looked really good throwing the ball. I think they had a little bit of run success to help them out. Um, mm-hmm. But you still saw some of that 12 personnel in there. We saw Lawson yeah. Lucky in the game stepping up as a freshman. Uh, so, obviously, Georgia's got the answer. Their offense isn't going anywhere. They'll only get better if Brock Bowers is able to come back, depending on what that timeline looks like later on down the road. But, you know, they still got some big tests coming up, too. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see if they can replicate that success. Yeah, we touched on it in the last podcast. Only the second time that Georgia has covered a spread so far this year. So it was big to see them get such a comfortable win. And obviously, you know, you said it, there are big games to come playing Missouri this week. You got Tennessee, you got Ole Miss before an SEC championship date with uh, more than likely Alabama, unless LSU has anything to say about it this weekend. So um an interesting game here. I kind of I predicted it though. I, I kind of called it Oregon Utah. We expected this to be a good game. The point spread was six and a half, you know, and it was a blowout. I said Oregon, I think this is their get right game after that loss against Washington. 35 to 6. This was just domination from the beginning of the game to the very end. I mean, they they made Utah look like Colorado. We saw them dominate Colorado several weeks ago, and they kind of had the same performance here. Just uh, absolutely nothing on offense for Utah. Their defense was not able to slow down Bo Nix and Bucky Irving. Big win for the Ducks. Yeah, I think it just all came down to that Oregon defense. I mean, when you when you can keep Utah to six points for an entire game, you're doing pretty damn good. You're doing something right on defense, Dan Lanning. Um, but yeah. Obviously, Utah has some flaws. You know, they don't have a seasoned quarterback. And, you know, when you get into these big top 15 games that you're going to be matching up with is uh, just really tough for, you know, Utah to be able to pull some out. 
And then Oregon's offense looked efficient. They didn't do too much, but they did what they had to do, score five touchdowns on the day, and you know that's a comfortable win. They're looking good. Yeah, we talked about the the last week. The Pac-12 was kind of packed at the top, right? Like there were yeah. several teams that were right there within striking distance. After last week, you kind of see maybe a little bit of a separation at the top here. Like you it's got Oregon, Washington, <laughs> right? And then it seems like there's kind of a tier below that where you have your Utahs, your USC's, you know, your Oregon States maybe. So uh, kind of seeing a little bit of a division now there at the top. Looks like we might have another Ducks and Huskies showdown down the line. So another one we picked, Louisville and Duke. And Riley Leonard did play, but he didn't play well. And I, I got to think that that's because he is still a little banged up, right? Like, um, just not enough offense for Duke. Final score, 23 to nothing. Louisville covers. I hit on that one. Big win for the Cardinals. Man, it's like, got nothing out of that Duke offense. It was kind of kind of bad. Yeah, I mean, Jawar Jordan's the story of the game. Who would have thought, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, that, that Duke offense, it, they had nothing going Their leading rusher had five carries for 23 yards. And then Riley Leonard only completes nine of his 23 passes. And, you know, one of those completions was to the other team. (laughs) So, Uh, I mean, dude, it was, it's ugly. It's not what we expected to see out of this Duke team. And I think that they are at full health, a much better team than this. But this one was atrocious. But, I mean, Dude, Louisville, they're making a statement in the ACC, are they not, man? I mean, they, they've they got some impressive wins together now. Yeah, they look really good, and they're moving up in the polls every single week. So definitely we'll be talking about the Cardinals moving forward. Another game we picked in the SEC, we had Tennessee and Kentucky. Thought this one might be tight. Spread was, I think, three and a half, maybe four and a half. But uh, Tennessee three. ends up going on the road. And beating that Wildcats team 33 to 27. It was a good game. You know, uh offense looked better for Tennessee this week. But um, yeah, I mean, what'd you think? Vols, Wildcats. We thought Kentucky, you know, looked like a pretty decent team to start the year, and now three straight losses kind of falling back to the pack a little bit in the SEC. Yeah, I'm gonna dampen down a little bit of what I've been saying. Well, I, I keep saying the blueprint to beat Kentucky is there. Right. And Ray Davis has 16 carries for only 42 yards on Saturday. So Tennessee went by the blueprint. But what's not on the blueprint is Devin Leary completing 65 percent of his passes for almost 400 yards and two touchdowns. If this was the Devin Leary that we expected Kentucky to have at the beginning of the season, I mean, they might only be a one-loss team at this point. I mean, he looked really good on Saturday and something that I don't think anybody was expecting out of him. But nevertheless, Tennessee's just got a little bit more offensive firepower, and, you know, that's what leads them to the win there. Yeah, I know the the corner, uh, Haddon. I don't know if he played in this game or not. I know he went out against Alabama. I don't remember if he was back or not. But, yeah, it was a big game for Leary, right? Like, you, that's not typically the recipe that you see from Kentucky. They're usually able to establish the run, and the passing game is non-existent. So, encouraging to see, but still an L. So, a uh, couple more that we picked. 
We had uh, actually we just had one more that we picked. No other really crazy upsets, but that Ohio State Wisconsin game, and it was right there at fourteen and a half. Man, Vegas knows how to set these lines, don't they? Uh, I told you Wisconsin. I thought we they would cover this. I felt comfortable about Ohio State winning the game, and they just sneak under that little hook, that point five to get within there, twenty four to ten. Big win for Ohio State, and kind of the recipe we talked about, or I talked about. Offense, not great, not prolific like we've seen in years past, but the defense showed out, man. Only 10 points given up to Braylon Allen in that Wisconsin Badgers offense. You call it a big win, but is it is it a big win for Ohio State, the AP number three team in the country? Is this a big win to beat Wisconsin 24 to 10? I mean, your defense did its job, but offensively i mean i'm i'm missing something here my quarterback's only going for 200 yards two touchdowns to two picks i'm not super happy about that if i'm an ohio state fan i don't think this is a big win i think you did the bare minimum of what was necessary but this one's not pretty to me yeah it's like if you're ohio state like at this point you don't care if you win by one you just got to win every game until you get to that showdown against Michigan, right? Like it's just survive right. in advance, you know. Right. You get the you get the W in the column, and with the brand that you are and everything else, and we'll get into this in just a second. But the college football playoff committee is gonna keep you up there. Yep. And then you're just waiting on your resume, which is Michigan, which is the only thing that will be on their resume, other than Penn State, uh, maybe, and possibly Notre Dame, but a win's a win. Like you said, that's all that they got to do is win by a point and then yep. uh, make it to Michigan. Survive in advance. That's what they did. That's what a couple of teams did, including USC, 50-49 to 49 over Cal. Dude. I won't get into it, but, uh, yeah, it seems like a little repetitive on the podcast lately. <laughs> yeah, and – uh do we even say it, dude? Do do we talk about Colorado and the atrocity that was their loss to UCLA? I mean, if if we don't talk about Colorado, nobody else is going to because, man, it, they're back to being a nobody. First four games of the season, ESPN, man, had a hard on for that Colorado team. I mean, every single clip that they were throwing out was about Colorado and, and Deion Sanders that <laughs> – they're about to be back to playing on Fridays. You ain't hearing a peep about Colorado <laughs> lately. But, dude, uh, Shadir Sanders, I feel so bad for him, dude. Those offensive linemen just are non-existent. Get Good this Lord. man some help. Uh, Coming up next, we will talk about the newly released college football playoff rankings, the first rankings of the season. We'll get into that next. Let's go. All right, first one of the season, college football playoff rankings dropped on Tuesday night, Halloween night, and not a ton of controversy, honestly. We'll get into it here, but I I don't hate it. Might be certain fan bases that have some gripes, but I don't hate it. Ohio State Buckeyes coming in at number one, 8-0. The committee rewards them for big wins over Notre Dame and Penn State. Georgia. 
sitting at two, number one in the AP poll, but number two in the initial college football playoff rankings. Michigan at three, Florida State at four. Same thing happened last year. I, I try to keep my bias to the side. Same thing happened last year. Georgia's number one in the AP poll for eight straight weeks. First college football playoff rankings come in, and they slide them down to two and throw another team in at one. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I don't want to be one. But uh, top four, I don't I don't really – can't really complain about it. I get Ohio State. The resume is there. Georgia and Michigan don't have the huge wins, right? Georgia's best win is probably Florida. Michigan's best win is probably Rutgers. I mean, Florida State, like now the best wins are not looking as great. Sure, they beat LSU, but that seems like a long time ago now. And that Clemson win does not look nearly as good all of a sudden. They're sitting at four and four. But uh, top four, I don't have a whole lot to complain about that top four as of right now. I don't. Um, I, I think with the top four, these are all teams that are playing on such a high level right now that you could take these top four and interchange uh, and put the logos by whatever number you want, and it's all going to be okay for me. I think you can make a case for each one of them to be number one and each one of them to be number four as long as those four are in there. I'm pretty content with how it's looking so far. Yeah, the only undefeated team that's not in the top four is Washington at five. And then you got Oregon right behind them. Obviously, that head-to-head loss being the difference maker there. They're at six. Texas at seven. Alabama, eight. Oklahoma, nine. Ole Miss at ten. Back half of that top ten. Anything stick out to you? Obviously, head-to-head, Washington over Oregon. That makes sense. Texas over Alabama, right? That makes sense. You got the head-to-head there. But then... Oklahoma, who beat Texas two spots behind them, that's like a little curious. Sure, they lost to Kansas, but, um, you know, and then you see Ole Miss, obviously, whose one loss is against Alabama, the number eight team in the country. So anything in that back half of that top 10, those one loss teams in Washington that stick out? Yeah, it's interesting because College Football Playoff Committee has gone out and said that they do put uh, a little bit of value in common opponents here. Um, so when you're talking about Oklahoma being behind Alabama and they got one common opponent in Texas, you know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, they put Alabama ahead of Oklahoma. Um, but then I got a gripe. I don't like Oregon at six. I get why they do it. They're obviously one of these big 10 schools, Michigan or or Ohio state. They're going to take a loss here. Okay. And they're, we're going to have to boot them out, at which point we have four conferences represented in the college football playoff, which we haven't seen in a little while because either the Big Ten or the SEC is getting two people in uh, over the past few years. So they won all four. But can we not put Texas over Oregon just slightly? Just slightly, guys. I mean, I think if they were to play on a neutral field today, I like I like Texas. But, I get I get that, but like at the same time, if Oregon and Washington played on a neutral field today, I think I'm taking Oregon. I think if Oregon and Florida State played on a neutral field, I might take Oregon. So like I get that argument, but um, you know, obviously it'll sort itself out. I think um, you know, I, I think the Ducks look really good, and Washington hasn't. I think that's why you see them as the the lowest ranked undefeated team. Like, sure, big win over Oregon, great. 
but the last several weeks kind of eking by Stanford and Arizona, like oh, hundred percent, not looking as dominant as they did in the beginning right. of the season. Yeah, they're the worst of the undefeateds, no doubt. Yeah, but is yeah. Oregon the best of the one loss? I think it's close. I like Oregon too. Big Oregon fan. I think Dan Lanning's doing great things here, but I think that Texas just ekes out the talent advantage. I think that they have a little bit better offense because just of the weapons that they have in that offense. And I think that both of these defenses are pretty comparable to each other. Yeah. I can see that. Let's uh let's get into the rest of them. We'll just kind of run through them real quick. Penn State at 11, 7 and 1, Missouri up to 12. Got a big shutdown against the Dogs this week. Louisville at 13, the lowest ranked one loss team right now. Then you get into these two lost teams. Got LSU, Notre Dame, Oregon State, Tennessee at 17, Utah 18, UCLA 19, USC at 20. Really? They don't even deserve 20. I don't know if they deserve to be top 25. Yeah, I mean, I won't get into it. Obviously, you know, I've let my feelings be known about the Trojans, but uh, we'll leave that at that. Kansas at 21 after our big win over Oklahoma. 22 Oklahoma State, 23 Kansas State. Tulane at 7-1, sitting at 24. And then Air Force is undefeated, 8-0, sitting at number 25 for now. Little Mountain West Conference representing in the back of the top 25. What did the playoff committee say about it, right? Because they always got to come out and defend it on the show. You know, it's a big production for ESPN. They they do this whole big shebang, make an hour out of something that could take five minutes. But what did the committee have to say about it? Because it's a different committee every year, right? The chairman stays the same. Boo Corrigan is always there. But the, the committee changes every year. And so you kind of want to like – the first release for me is just getting a feel for what this new committee – operates as like what they value you know do they value strength of schedule more do they value um you know your big wins do they value an undefeated record i thought one of the more interesting things were you see all of the no losses grouped together and then you see all of the one losses grouped together and then all of the two losses kind of grouped together right so they weren't really going to reward any team with two losses more than a one loss team or one loss over a no loss team thought that was interesting what did they have to say about ohio state at one boo corrigan the playoff committee chairman said as a group the 13 of us in the room we felt this was the order for the top four slots they said you know really we view it as an ncaa issue not a college football playoff issue when it comes to michigan They asked him about that. At this point in time, when we're looking at it, we want to find the top four teams. But they kind of go into Ohio State's resume, the win over Notre Dame, the win over Penn State. The curious part was, like, he followed that up by saying, like, they have a really good defense and they have playmakers on offense. I don't don't think that's what we're really looking at here, right? Like, are we saying, like, oh, they got Marvin Harrison Jr., put him at one, you know, like. Dollar signs. Yeah, is that what we're doing? I mean, I get if you want to make the resume argument, sure, but don't don't throw that into the back half of your argument. Um, I think obviously we talked about Georgia. We'll get some some bigger games here in the next few weeks. Michigan will not. They're just going to kind of hang out until the end of the season when they play Penn State and Ohio State. But um, 
Yeah, I, I don't feel like they did. They got this one wrong. You know, I feel like they could have done much worse, really. Yeah, I mean, ov- overall, at the end of the day, what matters is the top four. And you can make an argument that the outside looking in five, six spots are important as well. And I don't think anybody's going to be up in arms about being cheated out of one of those spots. I think the teams that deserve it are where they are so far. Uh, and I think I'm especially happy with just like the top 10 in general. My big take, dude, this Missouri team. Wow. Number 12, Missouri? Are they yeah. doing it this year? Wow, yeah. man. I mean, the the race for the SEC East is this week. Missouri, Georgia, right? Yeah, it's got to be. We'll, we'll get into those on the next episode, but ton of ton of really good intriguing games this week that will affect this uh, next week's top 25. Got a big showdown in the Big 12. Kansas State travels to Austin to face off against Texas. Obviously, you touched on that Georgia-Missouri game. That one will be one that we'll be paying attention to. Oklahoma, they got Bedlam against Oklahoma State team that has looked really good over the last several weeks, so that'll be interesting to watch. Can they bounce back after that upset against Kansas? Then you got Washington-USC, LSU-Alabama. Setting up to be a tasty little weekend in college football, baby. It is going to be a good one, and we are going to cover each one of those games right here on the Saturday Six Podcast. Yes, sir, baby. I enjoy it. Every week, man, I look forward to sitting down and talking a little ball with my best friend. So uh, hope everybody enjoyed listening to this episode. Any final thoughts? Give us a follow. Shout us out. I'm sure we'll put up a top 25 college football playoff ranking graphic up on Instagram. Let us know your feelings. Where do you think uh, each team should be? If you got any gripes or complaints, we love to hear them. I'm a big fan of griping and complaining. (laughs) I know that. All right. For my brother, Tyler, I am AJ. And this was another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. See you back soon.